Hey friends, you're listening to Go Home Baba, You're Drunk, an irreverent media podcast. First Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth, and this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast, we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change, it's a podcast about seeking moral high ground, and it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcast, and if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know. everybody this is your brand new favorite podcast go home bible you're drunk where we dust off our bibles and check to see if there's anything in them that we find useful or valuable or if we should just you know chuck the whole thing and move on with our lives um i am tori i am um apparently ex-evangelical no i still i still like i still actually like that term (laughs) um (laughs) So yeah, I was born on the pew and I was homeschooled K through 12 and went to Bible college and dropped out of Bible college and um, was made to read the Bible so many times that it is now slightly traumatic for me. And um, yeah, so now it feels really cathartic to just kind of laugh about what's in there. And I have a co-host. Yes. My name is Justin. I also was basically born in the pew. And I've, I've attended church enough times now, like days of the week that I think I will not, I will not probably go ever again, unless it's a random event here and there. And I still will have probably been in a church building more than most regular churchgoers their entire life. Yes. Um, So I was there many days of the week, many times for all the things, Sunday morning, Sunday night. Yep. Justin was at church more often than Jesus. So, yes, for sure. Like, yeah, got to get that OT, the church OT. Yep. So seminary ministry for over 10 years and decided I had enough, but I haven't had enough of the Bible because now I get to look at it and say the things that I always thought, but couldn't actually say, or they'd stop paying me. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> So this week in, why did I clap? That doesn't work on a podcast. (laughs) So because church, because church, been brainwashed, yeah, programmed. I it is a thing. Like they tell you to help get people's attention. You know, you clap or you make a noise or a gesture when you're up at the platform. But when you're in a podcast like this, none of that works for you. (laughs) Doesn't translate. (laughs) Okay, so this week in evangelicalism. We had an interesting development. Uh, some hot our... shit, I would say. Yeah. I appreciate, like, interesting development is very nice. I think it's some hot shit. Some hot shit was dropped on the deconstructing community in the form, uh, in the form of Josh Harris, the oh god, the founder of 
the deconstruction movement in some way. So the the originator, the reason right. we just get deconstructed. Uh-huh. Just because uh, we were so damaged. Because we were so damaged. Right, uh, has has himself deconstructed and has yes, which is good. He has begun to do the work, also good. Uh, has publicly come out as not a Christian and in some ways has uh, I would walk walked back the things he said and I guess dating goodbye. Yeah, all, and he's he's come things. out as like like LGBTQ affirming um also, which I think is great, like just publicly kind of owning that. I'm like, okay, sweet. Like this is these are all right. These are all good things mm-hmm. to me. Um I yeah. So but the not but good now, thing. But now is he has also announced that he while all this has been going on. He has been creating a course, a five-week, five-session course mm-hmm. uh, for two hundred and seventy-five dollars, uh, where he can teach you the principles of deconstruction and how to hold beliefs loosely and not search for certainty, this, that, and the other. Which, again, that good by things. itself, not so bad. But you put mm-hmm. that. A month after all that other stuff, right. and it starts to feel not good. Yes, exactly. Like, exactly. Like a pile of hot shit. Like a pile of hot shit. I, it, it's yeah. It's just so funny because it's like I, you know, I'm going to cause all this damage, and then I'm going to monetize fixing it, which makes me think of so many things. Like I don't, I don't know the, the U.S. military, just as one example. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're gonna fuck this up and then we are gonna make the money um i mean really like in a lot of ways we, we like have it living in a society where there are just no breaks on consumption this is exactly what capitalism does is breaks things and then has you pay for them to be fixed or tells yes. you that you are broken and that you have to pay to fix yourself which might yes. be more what josh harris is doing right now Yes, like you're not deconstructing right, but let, let me, me teach you. you let me right teach you way. how, because I and my maybe 18 months of deconstructing <laughs> know the answer. I am now uh, an expert. Which you know, when um, he wrote "I Kissed Dating Goodbye," he'd probably been dating for a grand total of 18 months. So perhaps if if, if that. that no, he so, wasn't even dating. He wasn't even dating until after the book came out. That is true. He he. Did not date. Um, he didn't so, meet his wife. So anyway, yeah, sorry. It just it this feels is, very why much. Why are we talking about this? It just feels very much like a you are not an expert. There are plenty of people in this space doing this, mm-hmm. and it just it doesn't feel right. It doesn't pass the smell and, test. Okay, so here's here's something that I that just kind of occurred to me is is like when you are not in the when you aren't, an, I don't want to say expert, right? Because we, we aren't experts. We just yeah. have lived experience. We're not experts in anything. Like, it's not like we got degrees in, in leaving religion. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you don't have the skill set and the empathy together to like put something like this into the world, you are actually going to cause more harm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Like we don't, we don't teach people brain surgery, like on the fly. Here you go. Let's figure it out as we're all just moving along through this process. 
like mm-hmm. no there's there's a lot of there's a lot of work that you have to do right before you even get get to the OR before you can even show up yeah and I think that I think that like when you give when someone takes because he was not he was he was not given any of this when someone like takes a tool and says I am going to use this tool to fix you. Like, yes, I broke you. That's a different issue, whatever. Um, but they've never used it before. Like you're just, you're liable to create so much more damage than you even did the first time around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're creating a, a program, a funnel, whatever you want to call it, a process to bring people through that I'm assuming he has himself gone through, but you don't have enough data to know if you did it right. You don't have any feedback from people. And and also the reason deconstruction, people, you know, it takes a while because there's so much to deconstruct. Obviously Joshua Harris has not deconstructed capitalism yet. Um, clearly, <laughs> clearly. Um, I will say just in, for the sake of responsibility and journalistic integrity as much as this podcast has in journalistic integrity. He is, yeah. o- he is offering it for free, quote unquote, uh, to people that were harmed by his previous work, I guess dating goodbye. Uh, so that that's nice, but even that feels very much like a- Feels gimmicky. Yeah, I've been to enough free seminars mm-hmm. to, to be like, I feel like there's, there's a, a pitch. There's a pitch mm-hmm. for another product coming Mm-hmm. and I just, I don't trust it. And he has not built up enough goodwill, I think, in this space right? To, for us to give him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure that's hard for him, but tough noogies. Like, yeah. like it just, that's, you know, I, I would love, I have lots of great anti-racist ideas. Right. But <laughs> I do not walk into black spaces and anti-racist spaces and present myself as the enlightened expert. Oh God. <laughs> and I've done a lot of work. I legitimately have done a lot of work. Yeah, and I, absolutely. And I legit have things I could teach other white people about being anti-racist. Yep. But not my circus, not my monkeys, not my lane. It is it is not for me to do. Yes. Um, exactly. Yeah. That's really all I have to say about this. That yeah, that's really that's really all I have to say. I mean, I, well, I guess the I guess the the last thing that kind of comes to mind, like in the same sort of vein as as causing more harm, because you just haven't, you just don't have enough experience, right? Um, I think that when you you you've never had any correction. right? I think that that's something that even like evangelical pastors very rarely know how to take correction mm-hmm. right I, like it, this is just my experience this is like again I, I don't know but also watching a bunch of scandals watching all of these huge churches like go down because some dude was just unwilling to be wrong mm-hmm. right like I cannot be wrong which means that all of you are wrong and I, like that is that's what we're trying to move away from i think a lot of us who have left the church are trying to move away from the i am never wrong like i'm i screw up all the time and people come after me for it and i want them to come after me for it because i want to learn to not hurt people yeah and he doesn't want to learn to not hurt people and that i think is the problem yeah excellent way of putting that that's a good point and that is going to cause more harm. Mm 
Yes. And that's unfortunate. We solved it. We solved it. What do we have next? Got some. Well, we have some great news and some people we want to celebrate. Oh, uh, yeah. Because we have some additional patrons that we'd like to call out and some Bible verses to give out. Ooh, so, yeah. Do it. Super excited about that. So, we want to say a special thank you to Andrew and to Tom for your donations. You are now deacons in the Church of Going Home Bible, You're Drunking. Uh, <laughs> and we also have a new youth pastor. Uh, in, oh, God, yay! In Carrie. Uh, for those of you who don't know, our Patreon has tiers based on positions in the church, some of which are staff positions, some of which are entirely made up, uh, <laughs> but still hold some kind of authority. Uh, if you donate at the youth pastor tier or above, you get a life verse because, you know, professionals in ministry need to have a life verse that they can whip out uh, at any time. So yes. Carrie is going to get a life verse today. And I have my trusty, rusty Bible, leather bound brown leather oh, wow Bible. that's legit yeah this is this is a this is a legit thing so yes. and i'm trying to make put it as close to the microphone as possible because sam did not believe that his perfect Aww. life verse was actually random i mean he did but he also was like mm, it's too good uh so <laughs> too on the nose too on the nose it was perfect uh so let's see if if carrie's verse is perfect and of course it'll be perfect because it's, it's from inspired by the holy spirit yeah it has to be so all right, yeah. closing my eyes. Every every word is is God breathed. Yeah, random. Including the commas. Including the commas. All right. Okay, Proverbs. Oh. Uh, I think this is chapter one, verse 13. Oh boy. Okay. We will get all sorts of valuable things and fill our houses with plunder. So Carrie. <gasps> oh my gosh. It's perfect. That's that's amazing. <laughs> Proverbs 1, 13. Yeah. That we will get incredible. all sorts of valuable things and fill our houses with plunder. Uh, so go forth, comrade Carrie, with, <laughs> with that wonderful verse. And uh, yeah, so, so happy. So if you are interested in becoming a patron, uh, we would very much appreciate your monetary support. If not, like totally understand, uh, we will continue to produce this podcast for free for you because... Yeah. We love to do it, but if you are able to, we would love uh, for you to participate. We have some extra things that we put on there as well, some additional content and um, other things. Yeah, like that. get the podcast a couple days early, so ad yeah. ad free, etc. Ad free, <clears throat> yes, also that. So, all right. So yeah, we, we're gonna do a drinking game. Are we transitioning? Yeah. Let's okay. do a drinking game. Um, God, this is, this is, this is, this is rough. Cause I'm going to soapbox so much on this episode. I'm, uh, yes, this is why I, I wanted to do this episode. This is like, I'm like, this actually is my lane. Um, yeah. so yeah. God. Okay. So I think maybe whenever Tori gets on her soapbox, well, I was, I was thinking, take a drink. Well, okay. Um, oh yeah, actually, uh, what are, what are you drinking? I would, I'm curious to know. I'm actually just drinking water today. I have a little okay. bit of a scratchy throat. So I'm going to, okay. I'm just doing the water today. Good call. That's wise. I am drinking. Um, I'm actually drinking today and it's a local cider company, local to Portland. It's called new West cider. Never oh, nice. heard of it before. And, um, the product that they make is called true love 
and it's a blackberry blueberry cider and if you know me i am obsessed with berry anything um so that is what i am drinking tonight and i think every time that we say paul is a dick because we will say that many times yes or some variation of like paul is a dick mm-hmm. that that is what i'm going to drink or paul is a cop or paul is it's the feds yeah paul's the feds he's the fuzz <laughs> yeah so yeah so let's get let's get into this So we are going to be in the book of Acts today and open your Bibles, open your Bibles. We're going to be in Acts chapter 16 and in chapter 12, because we're going to be talking about two prison breaks that happen in the book of Acts. And yeah, yeah. so we will talk mostly about the one that happens in chapter 16 with Paul, but there's going to be references to the prison break that happens with Peter Um, because I think they're fun to contrast. I think there's a lot of interesting divisions in Christianity that existed probably then and do today that I think should be examined and possibly made fun of as well. Yeah, and I feel like this is just particularly timely. Yeah, yeah. So let's start with Acts chapter 12 because it happens first and it happens first in the book of Acts. Or so Luke says. So Luke who believes, says. Who believes that guy? Sorry. Yeah, an order, an orderly account that thus far hasn't really gotten the time of Jesus' birth right. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so the orderly account. Uh, so this is chapter 12, and it's during the time of King Herod. And he's rounding up people uh, that are followers of Jesus, you know, the church to harm them. He kills Uh, James, the brother of John. So people are freaked out and he arrests Peter. And Peter has been almost arrested a few times. He's been flogged and beaten, praising God for being flogged and beaten. But now now he's landed himself in jail. And this is is like double max jail or triple max, whatever. Mm -hmm, I don't don't know jail. I'm not going to pretend I do. But this is this is serious jail. So he's bound by two chains. He's between two soldiers. Like this is this is legit jail. Apparently, he is in he is a threat to the state, um, which may be overstating it, but this is what Luke says. Uh, so at night, suddenly, an angel of the Lord. We're gonna put a pin in that, but suddenly, an angel of the Lord uh, smacks him on the face and says, "Hey, get on up quick." And Peter's chains fell off, question mark. Okay. And the angel said, fasten your belt. That's really funny. (laughs) Fasten your belt. Um, And put on your your sandals. Yeah, gird your loins, Peter. We got to (laughs) go. So so Peter follows him out. He didn't realize what was happening or that he didn't know the angel was real. As you do when someone slaps you awake and says, gird your loins, you probably think it's a dream. And so Peter escapes prison. He goes all the way out. No one believes he's out. There is a search throughout the town and Herod checks out with these guards and he ends up having them executed for, and Peter does not seem to care. There's not, no remorse, no nothing. Peace out. out. I'm in jail. Peace out. I'm done. Um, The angel of the Lord sounds an awful lot like an inside guy to me and not an angel. 
but we know how I get with angels. Let's just move on. Just keep not going to question the holy writ. <laughs> keep it moving. <laughs> yeah, we're going to keep it moving. So that's what happens in Acts chapter twelve. But in Acts chapter sixteen, it's different. It's real so different. It it opens up. Acts chapter sixteen opens up with Paul circumcising Timothy. Oh God! For Paul reasons. Paul is a dick. Paul yeah. is a dick. Like, like just just drink. Paul is a dick. Paul's a dick. And and let me just talk for a second about how big a dick Paul is because. Like around this time, historically, is when Paul is going to be writing the letter of Galatians, which is like, there's no Jew, no Gentile, no slave, no free. But Timothy, I got to cut on his dick. Like, I don't get it. I don't like the character of Paul. Is, yeah, it's, so either like mul- it's either multiple people or he's such a raging narcissist that he just justifies whatever he feels like doing on any given day. Hmm probably somewhere in between, but anyway, this is how this opens up. But we go, we go. He's in um, Greece in the town of Philippi. And so this is like, you know, they first, this is the first time the gospel has reached Europe, we celebrate. And there's this girl who does like supernatural things. She tells the future and Paul and Silas, they shut that down. They cast out the spirit that lets her do that. And her handlers, you know, are big mad about that. Um, and as you would, I guess, but also like good. I hope she gets out of that. Um, we could talk about temple slavery another day. Um, but anyway, so they're mad and they drag him in. They, they flog him. They're in, they're in prison. They're again, this is triple max prison. They're in stocks. Like this is there are guards like right next to you. Yeah. So big deal. There's an earthquake and same things happen. The doors fly open, their chains just, Oh, they fall off. Um, You know, it's just like (laughs) the jailer wakes up, he sees what's happening and he's getting ready to kill himself because he's, you know, he knows what's going to happen. He knows what's what's coming. Yeah. Uh, Paul calls out loudly. Do not harm yourself we're all right here. We decided to stay, basically. And so calling for the lights, the jailer rushes in, he falls down at the feet of Paul and Silas. And he says, sirs, what must I do to be saved? Because I'm sure that's exactly how it happened. And he gets saved, his whole house will get saved. Paul and Silas get pardoned and they're out. Don't know what happened with those other prisoners. Probably Screw still them. Probably Screw still them, I jail. guess. Screw them. So... Um, and then they kind of go on their merry way. Oh, and Paul does kind of drop the mic that he's a Roman citizen and you shouldn't have jailed me in the first place. You know, I have rights. I have rights. Uh-huh. Um, you know, he kind of pulls the Karen on him, asks for the little manager. Bit. He's yeah, asked to, he's asked to leave the restaurant, the town, but he still pulls that move. Uh, and then, you know, and then scene, that's all we'll talk about for today. Okay. Two stories. Indeed. superficially similar in a lot of ways uh but who we care about in these stories changes kind of drastically and i'm interested to see what you have to say about it tori are you asking what i've what i've learned today yeah um what have you learned yeah, yeah. oh my gosh okay this is it, it like it's just so it's so wild to me right because Peter and Paul are very, like, they're pretty divergent in, in almost ever, in almost all of their responses, which I think is why they were kind of in conflict 
most of the time. Mm -hmm. Um, And so like, this doesn't even count, but like the whole circumcising Timothy thing, like that really should have been Peter. Like he was more of the guy that was like on that, like no Christians need to become Jews first, right? You need to be Jewish first Mm -hmm. in order to come to Christ. I'm exaggerating, but I, yeah, it's so strange to me because the stories, like like you said, they're very similar. And um, I'm just going to say like, Roman jail, like, no, thank you, please. Um, I have no interest in any of that shit. Like, yeah, it's not jails today in the US are human rights violations. And um, just like at the wazoo and like jail 2000 years ago in like back country Rome, like, that's, that's some dark shit, right? If an angel's gonna bust you out of jail, you're gonna be like, yeah, this is this is the Lord. I am leaving. Goodbye. <laughs> um, which Peter does, right? And then obviously, like the guards, what's a what's two Roman guards being executed for not doing their jobs? Um, and then like Paul completely goes the other direction because um he's he's a he's a real law and order guy. And so he's like, no, everybody stay here, stay put, stay calm. Don't kill yourself. Mm-hmm. We aren't leaving jail because we are morally superior or something. We have character. <laughs> and yeah, it just, I know like clearly Paul was a charismatic dude, but it's the middle of the night. There are no street lights, clearly. Like it's dark, dark. There's yeah, they, an they had to call for a light. It's like the text is specific that this is so dark that they don't know what's going on. And yeah, they have to call for a light to do like a quick quick prison check to make sure everybody's here. Right. And and so this is clearly a massive earthquake that we're talking about. Like I think it's fair to say if you're busting everybody out of jail like it was probably some some shaking and some moving going on there um and i just don't think like it's still it's 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 allowed like this is it's it's loud like how did paul even like how did paul comment and like get all of these people on board to like no stay here wait we have to be the good guys like and let's be honest, the things that those people were in jail for now, we would probably say like, what, what the fuck? Like that, that, that is not a jailable offense. Um, you know, not all of them, but clearly like, it's not a system that is consistent across, right? If you're poor, again, you get treated real bad. And if you aren't as poor, like, or you have, um, some kind of uh, like some other kind of privilege like Paul drops this whole thing of like I'm a Roman citizen and Roman citizens couldn't be flogged without a trial if I recall correctly um and And he was flogged just summarily right right and like apparently didn't didn't say that he didn't feel like bringing it up at the time right he wanted to save that card and play it later Mm um so so it's just it's so so strange to me and like again like Paul Paul is such a dick because there's all like I think that for me when when I look at these two stories 
the one with Peter is fun. Like I'm, I'm a big fan of that. Um, and the one with Paul is, I just think that he's a jackass pretty much all the time. And thinking back to the time in Luke where Jesus quotes Isaiah and said, like, does like the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he came to, what is it? He anointed me to proclaim the good, the good news, news to the poor. To set captives free. Set the captives free. Specifically prisoners. Like, literally. It's like, and to set free those who are oppressed. Like, mm -hmm. not just the captives, also oppressed people. Like, what is good news to the poor? Like, that's, I, I think, in our framework, like, that's not, we don't think about that, you know? Because we heard, you and I heard this verse all the fucking time, mm -hmm. you know? Um nobody stopped to ask like what is good news to the poor not being evicted being able to take your kid to the dentist when they need to go to the dentist like what are good news to the poor is not like hey i'm converting you to christianity because it's not okay for you to practice the religion that you brought with you from across the ocean where you were kidnapped right that is not proclaiming good news to the poor mm -hmm. that is not setting free the oppressed yes and so it, it, Paul just seems kind of like indirect opposition to what Jesus is saying. Because um, I'm also thinking about the, the whole thing in Romans where he just goes off on like, you have to obey the authorities. <laughs> like, then mm -hmm. this, is, this, is, this is a good thing, right? It's like a moral good to obey the law, right? Paul's just, he's a law and order guy and I don't like that. Um, and I, I, I love now as like being out of evangelicalism because when when we were in church we were taught this it's like yes like the spirit of the lord came upon jesus that's how he did all of these incredible things like feeding the five thousand and um healing people and no we're not actually going to do any of those things because we're not we don't we don't believe in caring for the poor really unless they're deserving um and we or certainly the spiritually poor oh, God. people that are spiritually poor or spiritually oh, oppressed or spiritually mm -hmm. blind no um, material needs are irrelevant 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 yeah. that's that's how it was presented to me yeah and i just like now reading the bible as um still kind of seeing the bible as a tool but using it much more subversively um and using it like viewing it through a framework of liberation, I'm like, no, like, what if, what if Christians actually sat down and talked about what it would look like to like bust people out of prison? Like, I want to know what that conversation would look like, because I think that is more honoring to God than just like, and it's just proclaiming release. Like, it's like, Hey, we're going to go and visit you in prison, which Jesus also says to do. Mm -hmm. Nobody in my church did that shit. Um, so, no you know, and it's like, I would, I would love to, I would love to see this. Honestly, like I would love to see this. It's like our system is so broken that I would rather the whole thing be empty than the people who are, than every, than keeping what we, if we had to get rid of the whole thing or keep the whole thing, I would get rid of it. That's just me. Right. I'm an abolitionist, whatever. Yeah. We don't have um, a just, we don't have a justice system. No, we have a legal system. Yeah, we have a legal and system. So if you can pay to stay out of it, then you were fine you're set um but i just i i love I'm like what if we and i've started saying this to evangelicals on twitter I'm like okay but what if we actually did like go 
go to the state prison and like bust people out. Yeah. First Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth and this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast, we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change. It's a podcast about seeking moral high ground. And it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcast, And if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know. You know, what if, what if we actually did that thing? Yeah. Or like the year of the Lord's favor is talking about the year of Jubilee, which is debt forgiveness. Yep. Like what if crazy idea, we just like started forgiving debts or we'll start refusing to pay them would be one. But what if we just like voted for people that were all about forgiving student debt? Like the year of Jubilee. I don't know that it ever actually happened for one. I don't know that there's a record of, the hmm, ancient near eastern jews ever actually doing it but it was that's a okay. it was a legal ideal and a cultural ideal that mm-hmm. every i forget i mean 70 some years um land would revert back to its original owner now like if you're losing your land it's because you messed up or you made a bad business deal what the bible is advocating for over and over again the year of the lord's favor was kind of a big deal or mm-hmm. the year of jubilee was a big deal was that we just say, hey, all y'all made mistakes. Mm-hmm. Fuck it. You get it all back. Mm-hmm. We just hit reset. Yeah. All y'all that worked hard and by work hard, oppressed your neighbors to the point where they owed you money. Fuck it. Yeah. You go back to you what to you had. You get to uh-huh. start over. You could do it again if you want. We'll let you. Sure. But. Sure. But it's only going to last for so long. And honestly, when we come into like late stage capitalism, I'm like a year of Jubilee is kind of a genius idea (laughs) because we're, we're fucked in a lot of ways. If Uh we don't start like genuinely forgiving debts, it's like, like the Bible is a very regressive book in a lot of ways, but not this it's politics and it's economics have some legs. But evangelicals don't want to have that conversation. No, 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 uh, no, that is, that is, that is absolutely true. Um, I, yeah, I'm very, it's, it's, it's so strange to me, like Paul being this like law and order dude, right? Yeah. And going so far as to say, like, you know, it's like going so far as to say like, okay, I'm going, like, I'm just going to let you arrest me because I know that I didn't do anything wrong, but just to like prove a point, like, I'm just going to let you try it and see what happens. Right. I'm going to let you try to pin whatever crime on me, just Mm -hmm. as an example. Um, Like, I don't even know, like, I don't even know if the, like the thin blue line people would go that far. (laughs) They're just like, yeah. And Paul's got his privilege in his pocket. Like right. that, that is right. what, that's, that's why I think he's so willing to go along with it and why I think it is, it is such a dick move to begin to speak up for these other prisoners because mm-hmm. they probably don't have that privilege in their back pocket. Right. You know, he knows he has a get out of jail free card. All he has to do is say, 
I'm a Roman citizen and he gets out. And so he can play those games of, oh, a night in jail was worth saving this soldier. And, you know, it all makes it worth it, you know, like, which is the thing evangelicals do a lot. Like, you know, they'll justify all kinds of horrible things. But if some one person got saved, a saved soul, that's worth it. Um, So that and that's how this was taught to me as well. Uh, But when I begin, as I've begun to try to take those blinders off and begin to look through this a little more critically it's like you're speaking on behalf of a lot of people that would have loved which who are very much like peter who didn't have that privilege in their back pocket Mm -hmm. and would have been really happy for a get out of jail free card and you just stepped in it's like hey we're all here we don't want you to kill yourself buddy Mm -hmm. um and i don't want anyone to kill themselves and roman justice when it's directed at its own people even yeah was awful that was, yeah, that was some rough shit. So I, I'm not advocating for the system or. Right. Or no, it's not way. the system that needs to be protected. Like, no, we're talking about people, vulnerable people, yeah. mostly. And and Paul was able to manipulate that system. And there's a certain amount of cunning that goes with that. And I can, I can respect that to a point, but mm-hmm. he was manipulating it from a point of privilege to get a, to ultimately much later in the book, get an audience with the emperor Mm-hmm. That that did nothing, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Uh, it, so it and that all these other people, to use the Mars Hill term, got run over by the Paul bus on his way to basically do whatever he wanted. Um, yeah. And that's that's problematic. Yeah. He's a dick. I think it is. I think it is. I'm I'm definitely gonna I'm definitely drinking to that because that is that is facts. Um, yeah, I, I think that it's like Paul is so invested in protecting the system, like kind of at the expense of vulnerable people. Mm-hmm. You know, like it, it just, it feels very much like the Christianity that we were raised with. It was like the system is what matters. Mm-hmm. And if you get crushed by the system, you probably deserve it. And like your lived experience is irrelevant and your pain and suffering is irrelevant. Like if that is something you are experiencing, that is because you sinned or because your parents sinned. Yeah. Right? Like they yeah. go, they go there. They go there. Um, I mean, yeah, it was like I was out with friends for the two weeks that we were allowed to be out and um <laughs> before we locked down again. And uh, I was listening to I was listening to this individual talking. Um, he was saying that he was a teacher. He's with his friends. We're just like overhearing this conversation. And uh, he's talking about how he's a teacher and he's like trying to apparently teach all of these kids who were, I'm assuming not white, uh, about like how to manage their money, right? And it's like financial literacy. And he kind of goes, like what he was saying that he said to his students is, okay, if you like, look at all these rappers on TikTok, like if you work really hard, you can be like that if that's something that you want to do, right? And um, like kind of saying like, none of them care enough to work hard, right? Mm -hmm. And then like a minute or two later, basically says like, yeah, all my students' parents are stupid and that's why they're poor. Mm -hmm. And it really is like, Jesus, like, why, why was this person born blind? Like, was it because he yeah. sinned or because his parents sinned? Jesus is like, go fuck yourself. Yeah, it's nothing to do with that. 
Oh, like the whole time, the whole time you're talking, no one can see this, but I'm just like cringing, <laughs> like oh, <laughs> ah, like so, like. Uh, but I've been that white guy too. Like I yes. will fully admit, I have been that yep. person. Because mm-hmm. uh, that's what we were raised to be. Because that's what you're raised to be. You're raised to, like the people that are poor are poor by choice, or because they're lazy, or because they, because there's something wrong with them, or their culture is not superior. Right. You know, there's there's that too yep. and no no grasp of systems thinking at all which i think honestly mm-hmm. is the pro- reason we're in the shit situation we're in right now mm-hmm. no one can think about systems right. and it, it's just so it, it because it allows you to be the hero because you're not i'm yes. not poor mm-hmm. so i did it right so i must have done something right yeah. uh and the I think that's I think one of the reasons that is that myth is being questioned is because as a, as an elder millennial, mm-hmm. I inherited a terrible economy that only got worse, and 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 I chose a profession ministry because Jesus told me to, um, and my economic stability went from not great to worse. And so, and I think that that's just the story of the elder millennial and the millennial as well. Like yes, we, yes. the the myth we were told, which was if you're a good person and you love Jesus, you'll be safe and secure. You'll be fine. And if you work hard and you're not like mm-hmm. those people, those people meaning black lazy people, you know, then right. you'll be yeah. fine. Uh, but yep. but our lives turned out like the people our parents said were lazy but we work our asses off mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. like that myth is just being i think constantly questioned and the only people that i personally see upholding the myth of capitalism quote unquote or the myth of that our parents taught were people that whose parents either paid for everything or they just continued to get lucky and and they were continued to be blessed financially and that's not necessarily a bad thing but when you're so mm-hmm. blinded to the idea that not everyone can be like you or were given the same gifts you were. St. Paul. Yeah, you're St. Paul. Do you have, would you, do you have something to say for yourself, sir? Yeah. <laughs> right. It's, it, yeah. I think that anytime for, for me as someone who was in it and committed, right. Like I didn't, I didn't piece out when I was 18. Like I was in it until I was 30, mm-hmm. you know, that was, yeah. that was, that shit was my choice. I think that, yeah, like seeing in these spaces, the systems are always more important than the people. And I think that that is, in my understanding of scripture, anti-Christ. Mm-hmm. Anytime you put systems above people. Yeah. And- Anytime. Yeah. Like, I think that, I think that that is, as Jesus would define it, that is, that is sinning against your neighbor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anytime you're maintaining a system that, that harms another person, you're harming mm-hmm. another person. Like that is right. harm. That counts. That counts. It doesn't matter that the system is between you and the person, right? It doesn't yeah. matter that you get to be like the Karen who calls the cops for no goddamn reason and gets someone shot. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like, yeah, you didn't shoot that guy, but that guy ended up shot because of you. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's like, well, I'm not responsible because the system did it. It's, mm-hmm. I can't. Yeah. I can't with that. It's yeah. bullshit. Yeah. Or he should have just listened to the police or listened to me. Like if he would have just, if he would have just done everything I wanted him to do, then that, that's such a bullshit 
argument and it's such a white person argument, which like, if you would have just done what we told you to do, you, you would not have gotten shot or killed or hurt or, mm-hmm. and that's- oh, We wouldn't so have to punish you. We wouldn't have to punish you. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah. I can look guys, anything in the US, I can put straight back on slavery, anything in this country. Try me. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and it, you'd be right. It's not, it's not like, you know, there's a lot of, I'm sure, well, well-meaning Christian conservatives that would be like, well, that's because all, all you see is race. It's like, well. Right, right, totally. You know, it's like, like, but I, I have receipts. Yeah, so you I, have, I can prove that it was race. Yeah, you have the receipts. Um, <laughs> that was the thing that it was. Yeah, that is the thing. I, I, I do think it's interesting to me that, again, the, the, white evangelical church gravitates towards Paul for sure on just about yes. everything. And, and Jesus, Peter, the old Testament is all viewed through the lens of Paul. Paul is the mm-hmm. savior of white evangelicalism. Jesus is like absolutely a side character. He's, he's the sidekick. Yeah, for sure. Because <laughs> like, everything's mediated through Paul. Mm-hmm. Um, but even Paul is not consistent in any way that I would view consistency um mm-hmm. like i think his his thoughts evolved over time people are allowed to do that but mm-hmm. to say that you know he had a message and he preached the same message everywhere or you know like so so in, in chapter 16 he circumcises timothy chapter 15 was the council where they they decided in jerusalem that you don't have to circumcise people and then Paul goes and is like, I like this Timothy guy. I'm going to cut off a piece of his dick. Like, and Paul did it himself. Like, that's, like, that is in the text. So. I want to vomit. Okay. Yeah. So it's, so like, the, the guy's not consistent. And, and I remember all the seminary workarounds to justify why Paul obeyed the law in this place and disobeyed the law in this place. Like, there's a lot of, like, crazy like that gif of that dude from it's always sunny in Philadelphia, like just yeah, like the, the yarn conspiracy. wall. Yeah. Yeah. The yarn wall. Yeah. The yarn wall. Like there is, it's, there is a yarn wall in every pastor's office trying to justify the weird shit that Paul did, but uh-huh. it's just weird shit. Like that's all mm-hmm. it is. The, yeah. Like it, he does. And, and I think you look at the biggest fans of Paul, like the people I know personally and the celebrity pastors I know that are big Paul people, quote unquote, mm-hmm. they're all assholes and they're all narcissists. Mm. Like to, to, a, to a person. Um, wow. And when I say ar- narcissist, I mean like armchair diagnosis narcissist. Right. Very, very few narcissists are clinically diagnosed because very few of them go to therapy. But they have those tendencies. Um, and I think Paul kind of had those tendencies too. I mean, it, there's, mm-hmm. we have a pretty low fidelity picture of him based on what we see just in an ancient book, right. but um, yeah. So it's, I just feel like there's so many problematic things um, wrapped up in this dude. Yeah. And I think that there are so many just really kind of incredible subversive. Things. Like, I don't, I don't agree with Jesus on everything, but no. you know, I think a lot of what he preached was incredibly subversive to empire. Mm-hmm. Right. And like very overwhelmingly 
putting people first, right? Mm -hmm. Every time someone tried to invoke the system, like the woman at the well, the woman who was caught committing adultery, like every time Jesus steps in, in between the system mm -hmm. and the person who is going to be punished for sinning, mm -hmm. every single time he steps in. Yeah, yeah, and consistently. Says, no. Like, no, you're, this is, nope, we're not doing this. And I like, I love that. Like, I think that's, I think that's incredible. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, if we're talking about anti-racism, right? Like yes. that's the shit. Like, that's what we talk about when we say do the work is you put your body, you put your privilege in between the system and the people that the system was created to victimize, right? The, the system was not created to protect those women that Jesus stopped from being harmed essentially Jesus protected like use mm -hmm. use what he had to like offer them protection and validation mm -hmm. so and to, to me it's just like I think that's really beautiful and then Paul's like yeah well you know you broke the law so maybe you should be stoned to death <laughs> mm -hmm. and and was citing not in a not in a, like a hardcore way in the sense that he was siding with Roman governors necessarily on all things. Right. But definitely yeah. was definitely on the side of law, order, Rome. Mm -hmm. Rome serves us, basically. Like Rome mm -hmm. is a system of power that serves us. But like, I don't know that Paul ever asked the question, like, no, Rome is a system of power that serves me and mm -hmm. not very many other people. Right. And you know, like, again, yeah, you see Jesus constantly stepping in and the, and the times when Jesus got violent and the times that Pete, Jesus got in people's face and mm -hmm. did not treat them with dignity and respect were times when there was economic exploitation, religious exploitation. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. you want to talk about riots, like, and we'll talk about comparing a couple different riots in scripture, but, you know, Jesus starts a riot over economic and religious exploitation. Yeah. Like whips people up and violently overturns tables, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. Like I'm great. Um, but when it came to, you know, if, if Jesus was in, I mean, Jesus, I mean, I guess you could argue that Paul is following Jesus example because Jesus probably could have gotten out of prison, but you know, whatever, what? um, whatever. That's like, a reach. Like it's a reach. I'm just trying to like, but you know, obviously Jesus execution had a, even Jesus execution. Like if you don't want to put a supernatural label on it, had a subversive yes. point yeah. to it. Absolutely. Like, you know, yeah, it did. like there is, you know, I have done nothing wrong and these people are killing me. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, that starts riots and movements. And it yes. did. And it did. And we're still talking about it. <laughs> 2,000 years later. 2,000 years later. Um, and trying to reclaim the subversive pieces of it from these mm -hmm. assholes mm -hmm. like Paul that are trying to systematize it and use it as a tool of oppression. Yeah. Which feels to yeah. me very antichrist. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, yeah, I think that, that that is true. Like the system will crush you if you get in between the system and who it like who the, pe the people that it was created to target right mm -hmm. created to oppress and so I, you know jesus 
taking this verse, like direct, like verbatim from Isaiah. And he's like, nope, the oppressed, the captives, like, I like literally the reason that I am here doing this work is because the spirit of the Lord is empowering me to put myself in between systems and people who are being harmed. Mm-hmm. Interesting thing. I do want to note because mm-hmm. you said he's speaking word for word from Isaiah, but Jesus actually isn't. Oh, he stops reading. I mean, there weren't verses, there weren't any verses, <laughs> right? but so announce the year of the Lord's favor. That's when he rolls up the scroll and stops reading. The next, oh, the shit. next, the next line is okay. the day when our God will seek vengeance. And he does not read that. He could have not a long passage, all part of the same poem. No, he reads that first part. That was good fucking news. And then he rolls up it the sucks. scroll and puts it away. Yeah. And then he says, yep, that's me. Mm-hmm. I'm breaking my microphone. Cause that's like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to drop my microphone. Um, <laughs> That's fascinating to me. Like yeah. and the crowd and the crowd gets whipped up and pissed and wants to kill him. Yeah. Cuz cuz they want vengeance. Mm-hmm. Um they right. want vengeance on the gentile, vengeance on the oppressor, which and you should fair, fair valid. Totally Very fair. valid. But Jesus is like I am actually about something much bigger than that and I am right. trying to topple these systems because I see the people in the system too. I think Jesus saw the people that's, see, that's in the, the system. On both sides. Uh, yes, yes, absolutely. And I, I think that that is, I think that that is absolutely like right. It's right in line with liberation, right? Mm-hmm. To to say that like the goal here is not to crush the individuals who uphold the system, right? Like that doesn't, that doesn't fix anything. Yeah. Right. Um, the goal is to create to dismantle what exists and to create a whole new system that doesn't have hierarchy, right? That doesn't use punishment as a way to manipulate and coerce people and harm people that you just happen to not like. Um, but I, I mean, I, I think that that's like, that's such a good point. The part where they like put, took him, they were like basically pushed him up to this cliff and they were gonna throw him off of it mm-hmm. like yeah. right after this. And then he just kind of like disappears. <laughs> and they're like, where'd he go? Where'd he in go? <laughs> in his Jesus-y way. He just... In his Jesus-y way. He's just like, okay, goodbye. Um, yeah, I, I just, I, to me, like that contra- contrast with Paul, like Jesus and like, I am here to preach release to the captives, right? and bring good news to the poor, which is not, hey, guess what? You're going to heaven in 80 years. Like, that's not, that's not it, yeah. right? Um, if you live if, through poverty long enough, there'll be a reward. Right, exactly. And oh, by the way, I happen to benefit from the fact that you are in poverty, but that's not a big deal, right? Um, but yeah, like, I just, I, I love the idea of, it's like, no, like I am, my work, my calling is to put myself in between the system and oppress people. Mm-hmm. And I feel very, like, I, I think I do the work that I do because I feel very similarly, right? Like mm-hmm. I, I'm not white, but I still have a, a fair amount of privilege 
Um, and yeah, I'm like, I have a moral ethical responsibility to, to do that work, right? To put myself in between the system and people being harmed. So anyway, go Jesus, fuck Paul. Paul's a dick. I'm gonna take a drink. If you were gonna cast somebody in this theoretical, not prison break, prison break movie mm-hmm. for Paul. Okay, someone for Paul? Ooh. Yeah. Mm. Um. God, this is, I don't know. I'm trying to think of like who would be, who would be good at being this way, very like uptight. Do you have thoughts? I think Ed Norton from okay. dog from dogma like dogma okay. ed norton uh-huh. Uh-huh. um so i'm thinking like that kind of he bring him i mean ed norton i'm sure he's a wonderful person but he can also bring that asshole energy that yeah. i like um i think for peter if we're gonna do like this like two prison break i think tom hollander uh-huh. um oh, okay. because he can do he can do that like kind of bumbling yeah you know, like i could just see him very much stumbling out of prison and not knowing what's going on. Um, so that's kind of who I see as Peter and Paul in, in this particular slice of their life. See, now now that now that we've had now that we did the episode about Lot with Andrew, I'm every time yeah. I'm like, I'm just gonna cast the angels. Like that's what I wanna do. <laughs> um yeah, Paul. It's like that to me because just because in my head, Paul is like Paul is kind of the system, right? I don't think of Paul as an individual mm-hmm. very much. Yeah. Um, you know, which is it's it's so weird, right? It's it's strange to me to like risk your life time and time again saying, I am a Christian, I follow Christ, and also the system must be protected at all costs. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just that's just weird to me. And I don't know if I like I don't know if I have like somebody in mind that like has it has a vibe like that in like other work that I've seen. Yeah, it, it is. It is. It was hard for me to cast that. Yeah. I, I thought Ed Norton just cause he can, he, I think he can bring that. It is weird that he, he does have that. I have real life people that I know that I could think could be Paul. That's legit. <laughs> I don't want to name their names. Um, I, you know, I think Paul is almost the like baby steps person the or the white moderate in some Mm. ways like that person that like oh wow jesus made a big splash and it's great we love him love to see it but we got to organize this right uh and and it and it completely dilutes it of value Mm -hmm. um i was just talking with a friend of mine because they're both on the same facebook group that is like some ministers former ministers Mm. um in mostly from one particular denomination And we were talking about how frustrating this group was because they were so baby steps. Like, because a lot of them are still pastors and they're like lamenting Uh Trump and lamenting this and that. Like, we need to do something. It's like, y'all need to quit is what I'm thinking. Like, because I quit, like, this is the best thing I ever did. Get out. You need to get out. And they're like, well, but we just want to like try to make it better. You know, and you can't, you can't. but they'll still they'll still continue to prop up that system probably till they die, 
uh, and just do little things to subvert it here and there. And I think Paul is that person. Like Rome's great. They got a great economy. They got great stuff. We don't want to shake this boat too much. We just mm-hmm. want them all to be Christians, mm-hmm. which is what eventually did happen. And it sucked. Yeah, it was bad. Because they stopped throwing Christians to the lions, but they started throwing pagans to the lions. Like, <laughs> didn't. Right, which like, like, again, like that's what happens when you are so deeply invested in protecting the system. Yeah. I think that that is the normal, the normal kind of outcome. I think if we, if I think if I were going to do, I think if I were going to do a hot Paul, I would do Carl Urban. Yeah. Okay. Because <laughs> he, he, he can get real dark. He can. Yeah. Um, yeah. Carl Urban, and, that's good. And like, uh, he does, he does kind of like, you know, the like law and order vibe a little bit to me Yeah. in like certain roles that he's done. So I could, I could see that. Yeah. I'm with that. Yeah. Yeah. Carl but Urban I'm, from Dread. Like, from, ooh. yeah, that was a good film. Um, a good film. Yeah, Tori is just all angel all the time. That's the only thing I care about. And I did not realize <laughs> how many Bible stories had angels in them. It is a surprise. Until, until we had like a jumping off point of fucking angel orgies. Yeah. And I'm like, wait, does every single Bible story have an angel in it? Like, mm-hmm. What is happening here? Uh, although like Peter's, the angel in Peter's, of all the angel stories in the Bible, the angel, quote unquote, in Peter's story definitely seems like a follower of Jesus that just happened to be in the prison. <laughs> like, because there's no like, do not be afraid. There's no nothing. It's like a slap in the face. Get your clothes on. We're getting out. <laughs> like, it's not. Or maybe Peter like... sees so many angels at this point. They're like old hat. And he's like, oh, whatever. <laughs> Oh my gosh. So no, he just he like up? he just like paid off. He just like paid off the the prison, like whoever that was keeping the prison. It's like, yeah. can you just can I just have you turn around for like four minutes? Oh yeah. uh, no big deal. We won't make any noise, I promise. Yeah, we'll say an angel did it. It's great. So of all the angels, I would say maybe that could be like someone who looks hot in their robes and they take their robes off. It's like, oh, it's just a dude. It's just a weird dude. Just a weird dude. Because <laughs> it's not an angel. Um, oh man so yeah yeah cool i think we did it i think we did good stuff all right if uh you would uh like to follow us uh for online shenanigans uh you can do so at twitter and instagram at go home bible uh you can also see links to our patreon on there which we've talked about a little bit earlier um again thank you so much for your support if again you cannot do that totally fine this podcast will remain free for you we would love though if you could give us a five-star review on the itunes store or anywhere that you see us a yelp even i don't know if they do yelp reviews for podcasts but a five-star review on all the things would be absolutely wonderful (laughs) if you can give us a yelp review please do (laughs) But I know uh, that I hate I hate Yelp. I hate Yelp. I do too. Okay. I I I'm only on Yelp to see when someone leaves a colossally bad review and then it makes like Twitter or something and then I like oh I want to see this review. Yeah. No, you could you could put us up on on Yelp if you wanted to. That's yeah, fine. That's fine. I'm fine with that. Okay. Anyway, have a great week everyone and uh yeah. Right. Yeah, see you next week. Yep. Bye. Bye.
1 Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth, and this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast, we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change. It's a podcast about seeking moral high ground. And it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcast. And if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know.